The Courage to Lead, episode 246. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Laura Brennan Ballet. Laura. Hi, Laura. Laura. Laura Brennan Ballet is the author of The Science of Empowerment. Laura is driven by the life force that circulates within all universal connectivity. Her passion, inspirational teachings, and her ability to see how energy is in everything guides her powerful message forward. When you're in connection with Laura, you feel the charge and the movement of energy in real time. You become excited about your exploration into an empowered life. This energy comes alive and sparks an awareness within, uplifting thought and purpose for the observer. Laura's energetic ability through her words to activate within the listener, this personal knowing that you are living potentiality is inspiring. Laura's mission and legacy is to create an energetic connection to the new science of knowledge and to activate a higher understanding within the human community. Laura, welcome to the program. Thank you, Harlan. I'm so excited to be here. I I am too. You sent me your book and I, I got to tell you, uh, this is fascinating to me. It's a, it's a good read. It's not an easy read because there's so much depth. You really have to slow down and take your time and think about the things you're saying because it's like, wow, that's, I've never thought of things that way, you know? So I, I, listeners, pick up this book. Uh, we'll definitely talk more about this book, but definitely pick up a copy of The Science of Empowerment. Um, so I love this because we're all at, at the core energy, right? We're just inner energy in, in a, a skin suit, basically. And we can choose to live that or use that energy for positive or negative. That's what's fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, whether you're talking about God energy or universal connection, it, it really doesn't matter. We really are part of this quantum field of energy. And I think the more we tap into attempting to understand it, the more empowered we become. We realize we are not just moving through the day. We actually have power as to how we can move through our day. And it really is all in that power seat of choice, negative, positive, neutral. Which one are you? Exactly. Very cool. All right. I'm anxious to get into this, uh, to talk a little bit about how you uh, came to this understanding and, and realization of energy and, and people and the connectivity of everything. Um, so much to talk about. Anyways, before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I like to ask every one of my guests. Now, listeners know these are the questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actors Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these very same questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figured if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Laura, if you're ready, I have 10 questions. I'm ready. All right. Question number one. What is your favorite word? Love. What is your least favorite word? Fear. Mm. What turns you on? Advancing, advancing, advancement. Nice. What turns you off? Stagnation. <laughs> Definitely. What sound or noise do you love? Actually, I love the sound. Oh, boy, a, a lot. Um, I, I just thunder came to mind. So I'm going to stay with thunder. 
Nice. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, very loud, uh, like construction sounds, concrete sounds. Yeah. Jackhammers and things like that. Yeah. Yes. Um, question seven, what is your favorite curse word? <laughs> we talked about this uh, quickly. I don't, I really don't have one, but instead of saying the real bad curse word, I do say the word fudge. I don't know why, but fudge it or whatever. I use the word fudge in place of anything else. So I try to be very ladylike and not swear too much. <laughs> but it gets your point across. And that's the important thing. Yes. Very good. All right. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, Oh boy, this is such an amazing question. Um, God, I have so many things that come to my mind. If I could go back and do it over, I would be like an architect of the pyramids. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Okay. What profession would you not like to do? Oh, um, I think anything related to labor. Even though I know it's important and I, I have done it my whole life, I still do. I'm a gardener and all kinds of things, but probably anything to do with labor. I think I'd like to use my mind rather than my my body going forward <laughs> or if I could do it over again. Awesome. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, mm-hmm. what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, don't worry. There's another try. One more try. Nice. Very yeah. cool. I love those. Oh, those are fantastic. Awesome. Love those. All right, Laura, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, I want to talk about how you got your start, um, how you got to where you are now, who you work with and how you help them and explore the book. We won't be able to go through the entire book, but there, you know, a chapter that kind of captured my attention. Talk a little bit more about that and get your your input on it. Okay. All right, listeners, we're going to be talking about all that and more right after this. So stick with us. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, make sure you share it with your family, friends, colleagues. Uh, Like it, leave a review, and definitely subscribe. When you subscribe, that helps boost the podcast to where it's uh, seen and heard in a lot of different areas. So make sure you hit that uh, subscribe button and subscribe. And uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the episode. And I'm back with my guest, Laura Ballet. Laura, thanks again for taking time out to... uh, to be on the program. I've been looking forward to this conversation. You sent me your book. And like I said, I started reading through it and it's not something you can just devour in a day. There's some deep thoughts in here. And so I've really taken time to kind of explore a lot of it and it really gets you thinking. Love the book. Thank you. you. Um, When did you first realize or become aware um, that we're energy and that everything is connected? When did that start for you? Yeah, so I'm going to be very transparent and say that I'm sure all the questions you ask me are going to be loaded questions for me because I have many answers. As you know, reading the book, um, my mind um, truly expands almost every second um, that I'm breathing. But I would say at a very young age, uh, my brother and I talk about this all the time. Uh, We just were aware of movement. Um, I was a dancer. I started when I was two. My brother was an athlete. Um, My family moved. Even just getting up from the dinner table, we all took walks. We were shown and taught, and and it was a discussion in our family, how mind and body connect. 
and how the movement between the two is so important. But I would say around 14, I probably had what a lot of us would call a spiritual awakening, where I just started tapping into something deeper than what was just um, happening throughout every day, just the surface kind of life. Interesting. So uh, did you come from a, like a spiritual type family or a mystical type family or how did this, was this no, a journey, a solo journey for you? Yeah. I mean, I came, um, my, my, both my brother and I started talking about past lives when we were really young and not sure why, but my mom was very cool about it. Just whether she thought it was an imagination at work or she just was like, wonderful, tell me more. So I think that openness, um, just didn't present itself as a block. It allowed us to just kind of unfold in, in that exploration of maybe what that felt like to be a spiritual being, to be a soulful being, to be a consciously aware being at such a young age. Um, the family is not without trials and tribulations like every human family, but we had a lot of love. And um, I think the love um, the way it was shown allowed us to learn how to work at loving ourselves. And I think that's such an important um, component of the human condition. It therefore opens up these journeys and these pathways to go deeper than, again, just accepting what's um, at face value. Exactly. And I know, I believe as kids, we come out with this expanded mind yeah. and it's it's shrunk down. Yeah. As we're told, oh, that's silly. Don't think about that. Don't talk about that. And, you know, and it it starts putting these these blocks on us, and kind of we get smaller somehow. And it's great to live in a family that kind of embraces it, allows for that exploration, because I think that's what yeah what creates us. And even I talk to a lot of parents and families, even when I coach, um, and I'm even, um, I, I don't like to use the word guilty, but um, I've done this myself, you know, and you think, oh, I have children, I'm just going to like, let them go like butterflies and soar. But then all of these behavioral algorithms, and these mindset patterns, really, that are set in place that you don't even realize start to just unfold. And this is what I love about the science of empowerment and just any type of positive intelligence, um, advancing knowledge. It's just a mirror and a reminder to help educate us as we're moving through our relationships and through this, this world that um, we have the opportunity to make different choices at um, all given, you know, experiences. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's those choices that create who we are, right? Absolutely. Every decision we make, somebody told me years ago, every decision we make every minute of every day of our lives makes us who we are. Yeah. So if you don't like who you are, you got to make better decisions, different choices, right? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So you are a life empowerment coach. Rather than just life coach, you talk about empowerment. And I love that because that's something that I think a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all coaches in our own unique way as moms, dads, partnerships, leaders of church, politics, education, right? We're, we're all trying but um, I think really to live an authentic, empowered life, this is um, a very self-actualized journey. It's something that we all need to find our own way of tapping and tuning into it. But it's something that I feel, which is really what sparked writing this book and speaking you know, around the world is don't let it go by. Just don't you know, be at that last breath and realize, which I firmly believe we will realize what we could have, should have done. And so I think there's a difference between coaching people um, and empowering them 
And um, so I find, um, you know, that it's very important for me when I have my clients in front of me, I let them know and I ask questions and I learn. Sometimes I turn them to other healers because I know they're not quite ready at that level. I am an empowerment coach. This is not to bring you all the way back and go into childhood trauma and redig, though we honor those experiences. This is really about being ready to just say, I am willing to show up and live my highest and best self. So the uh, life empowerment coaching is very important to me. Nice. Love this. All right. Let's dive into the book. Um, like I said, I, I, I love the book. I'm still reading through it. I'm, uh, there's so much to take in. But one of the chapters that really captured my attention was chapter seven, um, the fraudulent ego. Yeah. Tell me about the fraudulent ego. Yeah, I think for most of us, many of us and myself included, we really do exist in this state. Um, again, we come into this world, as you said, I, I believe the, the birthing of our soul is just wide open. And however you look at that and believe in it, that's all that matters. And then all of a sudden, the grown-ups and the people around us, they start changing that nature. And not intentionally, but they do. And I think the fraudulent ego is birthed from those changes. Um, and we're not really directed to stay connected to that nature of our brilliance, of our genius, of our knowing. And so we begin to create these false personalities, um, these protective mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And I think we create um, a lot of delusion um, for ourselves, And it's how we get through our days. It's how we get through a mean boss or a bad relationship or um, the failures uh, of life. And I, I just think um, there's some trickery there, but it's, self-induced even though it's subconscious yeah well like you said it's a protection it a lot is. of times right you're, Absolutely. you're kind of, um one of the quotes I, I wrote down um in step with conformity we hold on to the inaccurate version of ourselves right fearful that if we let go of what it is that is causing us hardship and begin to remove the cloak of illusion we then chance exposing that fraudulent ego our is this kind of like imposter syndrome sort of where we've put on this cloak now that we are this when really we aren't? Yeah. I, I don't even know about say an imposter syndrome. I'm going to even bring it down to the rawness of just waking up to self. What yeah. are we telling ourselves from the minute, you know, our eyes open from that dream state and feet go on the floor and the day begins. What are we doing? What are we cloaking ourselves in? What is the illusion? What is the falsehood? Um, how are we, how are we in relationship to ourselves? Because mm -hmm. if we cannot be honest and show up again, authentically with ourselves, how are we ever going to do this with other people? And I really do believe that it, it's, again, as you said, it's a protection. Um, it's just a coping mechanism. And if we dare to expose those vulnerabilities, now what? The judgment comes in, the insecurities get magnified. But we know as we grow through our life that the more vulnerable, the more trusting um, that we become, there is compassion and there is hope and there is inspiration. And there are people that will support us in that journey, but mm -hmm. it gets scary because sometimes the people we need to support us are the ones that hold that reflection the strongest. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, you talk about um, 
we kind of look at the things that are happening around us and it, even though it may be unhealthy, it seems to fit, you know, so we don't, we don't want to let go of that. Right. No, again, it's, it's the way we cope. It's the way we manage. We've, we've stepped away from the true nature of our, of our absolute brilliance and we've become this dimmed version this lesser version of ourselves and it doesn't mean that we're still not wonderful moms and dads and sure. we're not good people and that we don't give our best um intention but there's something that's devalued in the process with the ego it has really become front and center rather than more of a supporting role uh to the soul to 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 the mind uh, to the potential, right? That's within the human condition. It's, it's really taken over and in its structure. Um, I think there's a lot of distortion and we do become very comfortable in that distortion, more comfortable than in the change, which mm. for me is why I do what I do because yeah. it's in that change, um, that life just absolutely blossoms. Yeah. Well, like you, uh, your zone of genius, right? Where you really should be, and you could be thriving. And we kind of tuck that away because either somebody told us, oh, that's frivolous. Oh, you'll never make money doing that, right? You need to do all these things. So we tuck that away, put it in the in the closet and close the door. And that's sad. People miss out on a lot, right? It really is. And we all do. And it, and it could be on a very small level. It could just be a book we want to read or a podcast we want to listen to or a movie or music, but we just hold it at bay because of the people we're around or the way we've built up, again, the illusion of the support system. And we're afraid to really crack that code of self-empowerment and stand up for ourselves and say, this matters to me. I will honor this path and I will no longer be afraid on what will fall away. Um, but we just don't know who we are sometimes without what's in place, staying in place. Exactly. And one of the quotes that leads right into that, you say, you know, we've developed our emotional response system to such a degree that there is little, if any room left for new information to filter in. Is that confirmation bias, right? It's like, yeah. if, if the things coming at me don't match this belief that I have or whatever, you just ignore it. Yeah. I love that quote. Um, it, it's, it, I have, I have readership all over the globe and this is one of the quotes that, that they gravitate towards because we really do understand that we, we really get mired down and, and I'm, I'm again, I do this myself, the busyness, right. Of life, the chatter of life. And it keeps us distracted from the real true essence of the beauty and the compassion and the elevation um, that is just awaiting its invitation. And I, I really, you know, um, ask the listening audience to challenge yourself in the most positive and beautiful ways that when you see a thought and you connect to it and you know it's a holding thought, right, rather than an expanding thought, hmm. go into that thought through the expansion challenge yourself, mm. educate yourself, um, rise up and meet that part of you that isn't going to hang on to the status quo any longer. Make room for growth, make room for advancement and exploration. Once you do, you will not stop. Exactly. Yeah. No, but uh, you, you talk about the, the stories we tell ourselves, right? And we become our stories. Um, I am fat, I am weak, I am poor, I am rich, I have too much, I don't have enough, my father was an alcoholic, my mother neglected me. We tell those stories so often that we become those stories, 
we right? Do. We be, we become that. And yeah, that's, it's sad. You see it. I've, I've got friends I can point to that you hear them say something that maybe their parents or somebody told them years ago that somehow they took it in and, and believe it and they've become that. It's like, this yeah. is not who you are, you know? And it's such, um, a, I guess, a unique vantage point to look at why do we allow that? And as parents, I, I touch upon this a little bit um, in the book, and I, and I I'm, I have two other books that I, I want to bring out in the world. And one of them is related to, um, you know, why are you having children? What is the reasoning? And I ask so many people this. Do you understand the responsibility of bringing in a human soul into physicality? And what is the real reasoning that you want to guide this soul? What are what are the tools and the skills, the love, the support, the expansion, the contraction? What are you really going to do with this human being? And no one asks himself that. No one thinks about that. Um, and so I, I really do believe that there's so much here, as you said, to unpack, but letting the story be yours of what someone else created for you is an absolute disservice to, to your, your higher purpose. And again, it's not a judgment and it's not against the other person because we all know that we're doing the very best we can, but now we have this vast knowledge base uh, to our at our fingertips um, again whether it's books or movies or talking and having discussions we can learn and we can have reverence for what we went through but understand that we can and it's not a should but we can do differently now going forward um, and again elevate and evolve to something that um, number one will certainly benefit you and those closest to you, but on a global scale, there's an energy and a frequency that will reverberate out, right? Like that pebble in the pond and those waves. Right. So it's so important to not let someone else's judgments and perceptions, their story affect how you create your own. But again, it's built into the human condition, but now yeah. your listeners, they're, they're, they're being right awakened to, it's okay. Let that story be and now become that engineer of your new story, right? Mm -hmm. Become a new designer, a new creator and rewrite mm -hmm. some of what didn't work for you the best that you can to give you that boost to now create something that really will work for you. Nice. Yeah. The subconscious mind is so powerful. You know, we don't really think about it, but somebody says something to you and the minute you internalize that, the subconscious goes out and looks for things that support that new belief that you have. Absolutely. Right? So I, and I say, you know, I'm, I'm so silly. I'm stupid. Yeah. My subconscious goes, well, of course you are. Look at your family. Look at the friends you hang out with. Look at this, right? And it starts showing you all these different things that make you who you are. And it's like, wow, I guess I am. And we don't realize back to energy is in everything, every thought has a structure, a matrix, a framework, however you want to word it, of energy, negative, positive, or neutral. So what you're telling yourself, what you're allowing to come in, and what you're surrounding yourself with, what does your environment look like? This is where, you know, the third principle comes in so beautifully in the J3 equals E formula, accountability. Mm -hmm. Who am I surrounding myself with? What am I listening to? What am I watching? What am I exposing my mind, the biology of my body, my soul to? And how is that affecting me, i.e. everyone else? 
And if we all had just a moment throughout the day of thinking about us as one and collective, we would begin to be behave differently. I'm not saying it's easy. Of course, it's a challenge. But right, anything beautiful and good and authentic, if it was easy, we'd be living in a utopia. We're right. here in physicality with these incredible computers built into this structure to evolve and to challenge and to grow and to think and dream bigger than just settling for what is. And it doesn't matter what you are. Uh, you know, I had a house cleaning service my whole life. People would meet me and thought I had doctorates, you know, all over the walls. But I'm like, it doesn't matter. That was what I loved, the beauty of it. When they were like, oh, that's just something you created. It's not who you are. Right. And that's what I want people to understand. So it just doesn't matter. You can be the most beautiful stay-at-home mom. You can be a dad that's working from the office and picking the kids up at the school bus. Everywhere and anywhere in between, what you do with your mind and when you start to understand the causation of how you think and mm -hmm. what you let in and the energy that you attach to it and become very aware, like you said, if someone says something, what is that story and that messaging that you keep alive? Learn how to be discerning to someone else's input does not have to stay in the system and then become my output. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I've, I've working with my clients and stuff, we talk a lot that your beliefs um, kind of dictate your, your thoughts, which then lead to your actions, which leads to your results. If you don't like your results, you can't just change the action. You really have to go down and look at the belief. What belief do I hold that is not serving me, that is making these type of things happen? And look at those beliefs. And that's what this book is doing for me. It's making me think, this is a story I've always either told myself or somebody told me and I took it. Is it serving me? Is this really who I want to be and, and how I want to be? And that's the beauty of, um, you know, the science of empowerment in this book. It doesn't tell you how to become. It, right. it moves you through your own process, your own energetic kind of journey of, wow, this is why I might think this way. Wow, I've done this to someone. Now I recognize that was done and not victim and not, you know, victimizing, just awareness to the human condition and how it affects us. And how can I start to explore and reflect and observe and now shift and expand more into a journey that is serving my highest and best self? Again, I'm always going to say this because when we arrive there, which is never a permanent arrival, but it's the beginning to that tuning in, we now get to explore this with others and they see this change and they see this shift. And for some people, it really, they dig their heels in deeper because their fear is so great and their story is really what they believe in. And that's a point when you have to, you know, sometimes move away from certain people in certain situations, but that's where the courage comes in, right? To do the unthinkable, right? Yeah. To dare yourself to do something, become that superhero in your own story and just move out of the middle lane and become an outlier. Yeah, exactly. We were talking before we started the recording, I'm move, moving uh, at least for a month to Costa Rica. I've never been to Costa Rica. I don't know what it's like. It looks great. Um, but stepping outside of that comfort zone to try something new will expand my horizons, right? They'll expand my my knowledge, my my feelings and stuff. So many people, like I, I have family members that 
live only five miles from where we were born and raised. They've never left the area. And that's all they know because that's their comfort zone. You got to branch out a little bit, right? And, and, and again, not throwing judgment in anyone's direction, but there is this magnificent, beautiful world to explore. And with all the changes going around all of us, circulating us every day, political and all of it, it's so important, as you said, step out of the comfort zone. This allows us to gain more compassion, more insight when we experience a new place firsthand, not reading it because someone else told us about it, where we get to see the humanness in others and have a better understanding of that's what you're going through or wow, that's your story. This is mine. And now we realize that we're not so far apart and how moving out of that comfort zone really does expand the mindset. It actually vibrates in our biology too. the cells and the atoms. It, we are meant to advance. Nothing wants to stay still. And I don't mean the stillness of meditation and the stillness of prayer and all of that beautiful stillness that's important to the overall well-being, but meaning stagnant. And when you live five miles from where you were raised or you stay in the same town or you don't travel or you don't take those trips like you and your wife, nomads, which is amazing. I mean, this is going to create you to become a higher level coach yourself because you're going to be able to speak from authenticity. We did this. We know what it feels like to let go of a home and security and our local market and our friends or our family and just become these traveling, I call them gypsies because it, yeah. it makes me think in the older days, that's what people did. They just traveled and they met people and they created and they set up homes in some places. And then when they had to leave, they went. And we've lost a little bit of that ability to um, really have the courage to step out and and really advance our present condition. Yeah, the wanderlust, right? Mm. Just get out there and explore. Love yeah. it. Um, one other quote I wanted to talk about. Um, you'd say, once we realize that we have the ability to reach a higher standard of learning capacity and that there are no limits to where our thoughts can lead us, we change who we are. Now, on the program, we talk about different types of courage. And one of the types of courage we talk about is intellectual courage. The courage to set aside your long-held beliefs, set aside the knowledge you currently have to make room for brand new knowledge. That can be scary for some people, right? For leaders, it can be scary to, to set aside what you know, to be open to your employees to say, well, hey, I have a better idea. You know, a lot of leaders think they need to be the smartest person in the room. You don't. You learn by opening yourself up. And one of those ways is by putting aside what you currently believe and, and ask, how else can we do this, right? What, what else can we be? I'm actually, um, this is very cool. Um, I'm working as a head coach for Zello Studios. This is a phenomenal corporate change coaching company. Um, a shout out to Laura Katanen, one of my very dear friends. And for this exact reason, true leadership understands that the more they open up to the brilliance, the genius, the beauty, right? The addition of their people, this is what creates great leadership because it no longer is this hierarchy. It's not me leading you. It's we are leading together. There's this beautiful fluidity of, yes, maybe I'm in this position for this reason, but I am not held to it in my mind 
in my intellectual development, in my emotional heart. I see you and I welcome what you can bring in. And I love the idea on corporate. So for any corporate minds that are out there, you know, really creating um, an environment where you allow your people to switch positions. It could be for 20 minutes. It could be for 10 minutes. It could be for an hour a day. Let someone that is maybe entry level come in for a moment as the leader. You will, people don't realize what you're missing. There is genius sitting right next to you. And because you're following the structure and the format, because someone else told a story that this is the way it's supposed to be, says who? This is a living, breathing world. Her, her self, our nature, the stars, the galaxies, it's ever changing. There is no set structure in quantum physics. It is, I remember when I went to school, they told me there was an edge, an edge to the universe, like a wall you'd hit, right? right. It, it doesn't go right. on, it can't expand. I even knew as a kid, you're crazy to think that. You can just look up in the sky and know. No, it must go on for eternity. So yeah. I think for leadership, um, self and others, this exchange is when you open up your mind to understand that I will learn from you, period. Not what can I teach you, even though, yes, that's a natural exchange there, but I will learn from you because you have your own unique way of being in this world. Let me take a moment and see what that looks like. And guess what that does? That adds to what I now have learned. So I write about this in the book. I call it this internal living library. You start to build this resource center inside your mind, inside your soul, because you're just collecting all this beautiful energy from one another. And I think that really will change the, the perception and the actual play out of the human condition when more people understand that. Right in your own family, right in your own partnership. And it is, it's, it's, it's scary. It's challenging. Um, we can all come up against great resistance because right. We want to be right. We don't want telling someone telling us which way to move, but if we can realize, okay, wait a minute, maybe I'm reflecting that for a purpose. Hmm. Now, not everything has this deep meaning and has this great big change. And sometimes people tell you things that have no place. And that's where you understand your autonomy. And that's where you come in and your awareness and your accountability to say, thank you. And know inside your quiet mind that that will not serve me. But for most of us, really opening up and expanding our hearts and our minds and learning this new language of positive intelligence um, really will, will serve you in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the idea of, of opening up and having people change seats yeah. Even for a day or two, you know, yeah. sit in this area because it's a different perspective. And, you know, it's kind of like when you're brainstorming, you're sitting around with a bunch of people just coming up with ideas. Somebody yeah. may say something is like, that will never work, but it triggers something in my mind. Here's another idea, right? And then you start building off of each other. Because like I said, that library is endless. You just have to tap into it. And the more experiences you have, the more you listen to people, the more that library inside your, yourself grows. And who doesn't want to be that leader? Whether you're the leader of your family, your neighborhood, your community, your church, politicians, you would think that people would want to lead with grace and expansion and advancing ways of being in this world. But again, I think 
my personal philosophy is, you know, this is a learning time for most of us. And we're just beginning to spark awarenesses that I, I, I think over time, um, you know, will, will have great impact. But um, I would not want to be, that's, you know, like looking at dictatorships. What, what person really wants to be a leader of suppression? It's, I just, you know, my mind can't fathom it. You'd rather be a leader of, of flourishing minds and building and exploring and creation. And, but, um, I, you know, Hey, if we didn't have all of this beautiful contrast, right. We wouldn't right. be here talking about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, courage. I mm. uh, talk about where people find the courage to walk away from their nine to five job to create their own success. Where do you find the courage to overcome the setbacks like bankruptcy and divorce and illnesses and failures? How about you? Where did your courage come from to not only step out and, and create, to write the book that can be scary for some people. Where did that yeah. courage come from? Yeah. So I knew I wanted to write since I've been about 14 years old, my mom and I talk about the exact moment um, in our home where we were growing up and still remember where the sunbeam was coming in and all of it. And I put it aside just because I just got right caught up in the story, you know, captain, of the cheerleading team, dating, the football player, always, you know, being on and, and filling in that gap of, of, of what maybe people expected, you know, of me created my own business when I was very young. I think the courage for me, um, and, and I'm sure a lot of people will understand this came later in life, but it was always there. And I think the courage to listen to that knowing earlier yeah. is something that now through the science of empowerment and all of my coaching and speaking, this is why I'm so passionate about it. Don't wait. Uh, because it was a lesson learned from me. And I teach this to my daughters all the time. I waited. Now, I know that there's a rhythm to why everybody's life unfolds. But, you know, when people say, well, if you could give some advice or impart some wisdom, it would be the moment you connect to that knowing. And we all do. Don't sidestep it. And you talked about something a few minutes ago, um, and I call it suspending the doubt, suspending the fear. And yes, when we are up against some very real life challenges, bankruptcy or divorce or losing a loved one and illness and all of that, this is never to say, oh, just, you know, put some positive spin and become empowered through this process. No, it is to be strong enough to be vulnerable. Go into that vulnerability and feel it and let it encompass you but then understand the skill of recalibration. Don't let it get to you so much that it becomes this big monkey on your back and it weighs you down and it curves your shoulders in and your head is down. Look at that life experience and know that through the library, through the internet, through Google, through podcasts, research, find a point of motivation, of inspiration, Find a point of connectivity and let that be the beginning step of you coming up and out of that energetic connection to the downside of it, the negative side. I just um, interviewed someone the other day. Um, his name is Izzy Matos. He's 
a top, top marketing guru in the world. And at one point, I can share this story. It's out there for the world. He lost $18 million basically overnight. A life that we think of maybe tapping into was gone. So you mm. want to talk about courage. He had to borrow $300 from his mom as a grown man to begin yet another business. But mm. very quickly, he felt the sadness. He felt the, the, the depression of it and then mm. said, no way. I'm not going to stay connected to this story. I'm going to rewrite it. And I think that's the power of living an empowered life. Remind yourself that no matter where you are in this moment, there is a support system. I tell this on any anytime I'm interviewed, you can reach me, go to my website to anyone that is feeling this. I will send you a book. I offer a free coaching, anything to give you that moment of human connection. So, you know, you are not alone. Many of us have gone through our own style of what you are going through, but this is not the end. It is actually something that you've created. The contrast may be vast, but you've created it because your rise to the other side is even oh, higher than this depth of the down end of it. And please know that. Nice. And so is that how you work with your, your coaching clients? I mean, how do you know when they're ready to talk about empowerment? Like you said, you've had people that came in and they're not quite there yet. How do you know? What do you look for? Yeah. You know, you just talk, you, you listen, you ask them, you know, how is your relationship with yourself? If on a scale of one to 10, how in love are you with yourself? Do you romance your life? Are you excited when you wake up? You know, where do you celebrate? Where is your gratitude? So you ask these questions and you start to feel and get a sense of, I don't know what to be grateful for, or I'm in this position and I haven't thought about anything to be happy about. You just listen. And then, of course, you would ask, you know, have you had counsel before therapy or any type of, of self-reflective work? And what did that look like? And what did you get out of it? And how did that help you through it? And then you get answers through that. And then you can kind of feel it. And you know that even though they still may be challenged and they still may hold a story, they're ready. And so you slowly bring them in and you remind them just how amazing they really are. Nice. Very yeah. cool. All right. The formula. Yeah. J3 equals E. Yeah. about that? How'd that come up? Yeah. So this is one of my favorite parts. When people ask me, this is a heartfelt shout out to my brother, Chris Brennan. He is the creator of the J3 equals E formula. And basically it is five principles and the awareness to three fields of energy. So we have awareness, willingness, accountability, critical thinking, energy. Those are the five principles. Now we move over to negative, positive, neutral. Which one are you? Now, neutral is not, right? We know in quantum field, we have negative and positive. But neutrality is such an important position to know that you can get to. So many of us were on the negative end of the scale, which doesn't mean it's a bad. It's just a contrast to the positive. So even right here, I'm recalibrating mindset. Negative does not mean bad. It is only a mechanism of contrast so you can catapult yourself to neutral, take a breath, 
hang out at that little resting ridge, as I call it, start to gather new knowledge, new education, new information, build up your support program for yourself, eat better, meditate, take walks in the morning. Now we get to see what it feels like to engineer a positive, empowered life. So these five principles are just quite amazing. Very quickly, my brother worked with Olympians. He's a USA gymnastics coach. He's trained high-end baseball players, Olympic losers, all kinds of cool things. I saw him over 20 years working this formula and this program, but with people that were already primed to prove up. I wanted to know how would it work for me, a mom, business, getting ready to put it all the security down to chase my dream? How would Mm -hmm. it work for everyday people? And so in our neuromuscular training facility, which is called Jekyll, J-E-K-L, that is the J in the J3, we started training people, like if you came into the gym, but we started working mind development with body awareness, with biology, right? Observation. How do we work this mind body consciousness together? And of course, everyone just flipped inside out, started changing lives, started changing teenage kids that came in after school on the baseball team to making their bed, helping with the groceries, being more polite, little kids coming in with bad attitudes, saying, I'm leaving negative Bob at the door. I'm neutral coach, Laura. I'm going to be positive coach, Chris. I know now I'm a superhero. I'm in the power seat. And this doesn't change no matter how old we are. All that little boy and little girl sits inside of you and I all the time. So we started running this. And then my brother just knew that when we were out in the world and when we traveled and when I spoke, there was just this energetic connection to people. And he said, you will bridge this gap. Um, Even though this book has many complexities. And as you said, Mm -hmm. it's a deep thinking book. um, But my brother really works with like a Harvard professor in quantum physics. And my brother, the language of his is very different because he's, Mm -hmm. again, he understands, right? 10,000 reps creates one win. We all don't have the opportunity for 10,000 reps when we're trying to deal with an argument with our our spouse or trying to elevate and inspire our children and lead with compassion. So I started using the formula everywhere, like at a gas station, at a restaurant with a waitress. I started thinking, what am I aware of? What am I willing to do? Where's my accountability in this exchange? Critical thinking, take all that emotion, judgment out of it. Take the story out, take the pattern and the behavior out. Now, how do I think with positive intelligence? Oh, I understand they have their own story. Let me now be accountable to softening this resistance. Let me be willing to grow in this moment because now I'm aware of it. Energy, absolutely. I've neutralized almost every situation and I've been able to now, I've pretty much mastered going from neutral to positive in a second. Everyone can. It is as simple as the blink of an eye by thought. We really have this ability. We just haven't practiced it enough. So we default to the story. We default to the patterns and the habits, but they are not ours. They are what we think and what we have been accustomed to. But I promise you, when you put this formula into play, it can take you 30 seconds, three hours, 30 days, 30 years. It doesn't matter. You run it through your whole life. We don't, my family, my friends, my neighbors, everywhere I go, we all live from this. 
And it really shifts everything. It just changes everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I wish we had more time because we could go in deeper and deeper and deeper on this. This has been fabulous. Laura, thank you so much for taking time out. If people want to learn more about you, the programs you have, the book, and you say you have other books coming. Yeah, not yet, but they're there. They're out there. Okay. We'll we'll keep looking for them. If they want to learn more about you and your programs and your book, how can they do that? What's your website? Yep. So www.thescienceofempowerment.com. And just even if you grab a glass of water, a cup of tea, there is so much information and knowledge. Just listen to the podcast, read the articles, go to the coaching page, just listen and read with an open mind and you will begin to rewire your brain just by visiting the website. It really is neuroenergy at its best. Of course, read the book. Of course, as anyone knows, right? Authors don't write books. Certainly I didn't. You don't get rich on a book. You do it for the love of knowledge and the love of sharing. And so many of my readership, when they do read this book, they end up purchasing and gifting it because they realize like, this is important because it's about you and empowering yourself. You just are doing it through this mechanism. And I happen just to be one of those markers in your life that maybe will spark the change for you. So go to the website and reach out. Uh, My business number is on there. You can email me as soon as you order a book. I know I reach out. Um, You know, it's, it's a very personal um, exchange for me. Nice. Very cool. But not yet. Um, I'm still holding it close to the, to the chest, but pretty soon (laughs) on Amazon. Once I do that, I kind of lose some of the ability to a little bit interact. But you can still find me. My website's staying up. So reach out. Definitely. Very cool. Laura, thank you again so much for for the time. This has been amazing. And yeah, I'd definitely like to have you back on again and and talk more about the book and any new books you have coming up. We'll be looking out for those too. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. All right, Laura Brennan Ballet. Thank you so much. Listeners, hope you guys were taking a lot of notes. Definitely check out the website. Get the book. Please buy this book. Read it. It's, It's not an easy read, but it's worthwhile. Take your time, think about it, and you will you will get out of it. Absolutely. All right. Share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues. Make sure you subscribe so you hear when other uh, episodes drop and stick around. There's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan Singh. So long for now. <laughs>